Is it possible to be optimistic and pessimistic all at the same time? One of my best friends used to call that opto-pesto. Little joke. You know, but, but, you know, the Saints are in a situation now where they're playing the Rams and can get a little momentum. What do we think? I mean, can we possibly put Derry down in the closet for at least a day? Let's find out because Jeff Duncan is usually good at talking us off the ledge, and he'll try to do that. Coming up next on Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who are trying to figure out if they have made their last tweet. It's the end of the world as we know it. So let's be positive. Today, I'm a Datitude, episode number 118 for 1118.22. That's right. 118. Yesterday was 117 on 1117. And just so happens, our only back to back shows, it's 118 on 1118. November the 18th, the Friday, 2022. I am Jim Derry. Sports betting writer at the Times McKee and the Advocate at bet.nola.com. And, uh, you know, like I said, maybe it's time to put Derry Downer in the closet for one day. Can we do it? I mean, Elon Musk can put all his employees in a closet. I could put Derry Downer in the closet for a day. I don't know. We have a long talk. This is the longest talk we've had. We had our live show this morning with Jeff Duncan. And uh, I try to keep it to like 45 minutes to 50 minutes, but this one ran a, ran a little bit longer. And uh, it's weird because um, for some unknown reason on our StreamYard, which is what we use to record our live shows, and it's what I use to record all my shows, to be honest, to use when I have guests. Um, it, our NOLA.com Facebook account, it... it Something weird was going on. So we, we didn't use our NOLA.com Facebook account. And that's where we get probably like 50% of our viewers on a Friday morning. <clears throat> Same with the Bayou Bet Show on Monday and, and Thursday. Um, and for some reason, it wasn't working correctly. And our administrator didn't have time to fix it. So we just went without it this morning. And so I, you know, I didn't expect a, a ton of people watching because we were going to lose half our audience. Well, it, it, we had more interaction this morning. And we, we had fewer viewers, fewer live viewers, but we had more interaction this morning than we've had in any live show we've had yet. Which I think goes to say a lot about people can be disgusted and down and, you know, all the things that happened this week. And I've spent all week talking about the old Dalton Winston thing. And we're going to get into it with Duncan. Um, and I was looking forward to, to today because he's always, look, I know some people think that I am super negative. That's why I joke about the opto pesto thing, Eddie Beerus. Thanks for listening. Um, and it is kind of a joke. Uh, 
because people call me Derry Downer, but they don't call me Derry Downer when I was, uh, you know, being optimistic earlier in the, in the season. But I tell it the way that I think it is, like Phil says. And right now, how else can you see anything but being on the negative side? Well, Duncan's always, even in the worst of times, Jeff Duncan can find the optimistic part of something. He can see the light in something. And I'm not saying he's super over-the-top optimistic by any stretch over the hour and 15 minutes or so that we talk. But um, he had some interesting points. He definitely brought up some things that I didn't necessarily think about before. So I'm not saying he talked me off the ledge and make me think differently, especially about the Dalton-Winston debate, which, again, we get into. In fact, we spent way more time talking about Dennis Allen, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston than, A, I expected to, or B, really wanted to, frankly. Because we, we do preview Saints and Rams. Uh, we do talk about LSU and UAB. We do talk about Tulane's big win last night over SMU. We do talk about the Pelicans. But we spent way too much. I mean, I'm just going to be frank. We, talk, we spent way too much time talking about the things I've been talking about all week. But it's a different perspective, and that is important. And on this show, I do try to have different perspectives. I know a lot of times during football, look, I've had great guests on this show, and last year we, we did this a little bit differently. We started, we didn't have the live show um, we didn't necessarily do the picks the same way that we do the picks. And so really Monday is my only show to have a guest from outside of our regular week, which was different last year. So we had wonderful guests in the off season. You know, we had Mickey Loomis on, we had Jim Moore on, um, David Baker, we had Ricky Jackson. Those are things that necessarily can't do during football season. And we'll go back to that when, when the season's over. But uh, having Dunk on is always good, and I'm, I'm glad it's a Friday and not a Monday. Because on Friday, you're looking ahead, and that's where I really want Jeff Duncan. So even though we, we look back, having that different perspective to maybe say, you know, wait, things maybe aren't quite as bad as everybody thinks they are. And don't get me wrong, I still think this team is in dire straits. And not just for the rest of this year, although they still have time to turn things around a little bit. Um, I mean, the playoffs are a pipe dream. Right now, I think I saw that yesterday, that the whatever algorithms and calculations computers make have the Saints at a 7% chance to make the playoffs. I think that's optimistic. I think it's more like three. If you look at their schedule and see who they play. But it starts with this week. And winning changes everything. Even if it's for a week, it changes your perspective on the way you look at things for an entire, a lot of people. When the Saints win on Sunday, there are a lot more smiles on people's faces around this wonderful city that we live in. Or even if you don't live in the city. They just are. It's a different perspective. And we were spoiled for so long. I mean, even the best of teams go through times when it's just not fun. This season has not been fun. But even think about the weeks that the Saints won. The first week of the season, the Saints beat Atlanta, make a big comeback. I'm sure there were a lot of people talking about how they were ticked off because Jameis Winston didn't play well, and but he found a way to make, come back. And 
Saints won, there were smiles on people's faces. Think about, you know, you can go back and think about other wins, and there aren't a lot of them. The Seattle victory. There were smiles on people's faces. Did it change the overall perspective of the season? Probably not. And a win on Sunday against the Rams, potentially, where the Saints are favored by three points. Wouldn't change the perspective on the season, but it sure would make your Thanksgiving a lot better, wouldn't it? I think it would. It would for me. I know I'm tired of writing scripts that on Sunday nights saying the same old crap. I want to talk about a victory. I want the Saints to be better. I want Dennis Allen to, to keep his to turn this thing around and keep his job. I don't want there to be debate. I want Pete Carmichael to call a good game. I want the defense to play with heart and intensity. I want the Superdome crowd to be excited, thrilled, pumped up, yelling who dad, having a couple dome foams, and enjoying themselves. I want everybody that listens to this show to have fun. I want a weekend of football where Tulane, the Saints, and LSU all win. I want the Pelicans to be good. I want all these things. I don't want to be negative. But I call them as the way I see them. And the way that I'll see things, if the Saints win on Sunday, is things are a little bit brighter on Monday than they have been for the past four Mondays. That's what we want. We'll see if we get it or not. But, uh, you know, I have spent a lot of time, enough time on this monologue because, again, Jeff Duncan and I have a long conversation. And I'm going to wrap up the show when we're done with our song of the day. And it kind of has a little bit to do with what I joked about in the beginning. You know, sports aside, um, we've got some gullible people in this world. I'll save that for the end. I'll just say that. It's amazing what a couple people can say and then other people run with it and it's the end of the world as we know it. There's your spoiler alert. Let's get to Duncan and I'll come back and finish it up. Have some fun here on Datitude this morning. Dunk, what's going on this morning? Man, a little chilly. I'm, I'm tired of this chilly. Like, extended cold front, J.D. I mean, usually we get like two or three days of this and it moves on. Yeah, and it happens in January. Yeah, this has been too long. I'm, I'm ready for a little warmer weather. We have uh, some comments. Jerry's uh, saying hello this morning. Jerry, thanks for joining us, as always, yeah. a regular. Tribe is uh, is 504. Hoot at everybody. Still hoot at it. You, you got to love them. Don't. Faith. Hey. Believe. Believe. <laughs> got to have somebody believing. Uh, let's see. What does Uncle Big Nick want? He wants to know if he could talk about your hair. My hair? Yeah. Yeah. I got no hair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you still got a little bit. It, it's it's working out. No hair right. left, Big Nick. I mean, for for a man of your age, I mean, you know, it is uh, receding and gone and graying and and uh, yeah, I just threw on my sweatshirt, so it was probably a little messed up. Little, didn't have makeup time for makeup. John Schaefer says it's 15 degrees in Omaha, Nebraska. John, God love you. You can keep that. I mean, it it was 30, about 33 degrees when I woke up this morning and uh, up here in Mandeville. That is way too cold for me. I walked outside. My six-year-old daughter is like, 
The roofs are white. They're white. It's like, yeah, a little crazy. Hey, I white. looked at the, I looked at the weather in San Francisco because I'm leaving for San Francisco Tuesday. It's like 15 degrees warmer there than it is here. It's crazy. It's crazy. They had to move the Buffalo game to Detroit because they're they've already had just shy of two feet of snow in Orchard Park, and they're expecting another two to three feet. Can you even fathom that? I mean, That's you're from crazy. Louisville. You you know a little bit about snow, but I mean, can you fathom four feet of snow? No, I think the most we ever had was about 12, 13 inches, I remember. Back then, when you grew up in a snow, an area where it snowed, and you were younger, all you cared about was trying to get out of school. So you, you wanted it to snow. I mean, we, I used to love it because not only you get out of school, but then you could go you know, sledding, which is what right. we would do. We'd go over to Seneca Park near my house. It was a big golf course with all kinds of hills take our toboggans and our sleds and just sled all day long. You know, just you were young, you had all that energy, but that, that's uh, what my memory is. So I have good memories of the snow. I don't think we know what toboggans are here. Is that something you put on your head? <laughs> no, toboggans like a, I'm just kidding. Wooden, wooden I'm just thing. kidding. I know. Where yeah, I you probably couldn't even buy a sled here, right? I doubt it very seriously. I mean, you could probably turn a P-Rog into a sled if you really wanted to. <laughs> But uh, John also says he drove to the Saints game in Pittsburgh. It was cold there, too. Oh, I can't imagine that wasn't oh, very fun. That's a cool stadium, though. High yeah, it looks like it. Badass like stadium. One, one of these days, Uncle Big Nick wants to know how soft the NFL is getting. Moving games. Oh, look, there's a difference. It's not. All right, let's 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 get real. I mean, I, I was my wife actually joked about that last night when I was telling her about it and moving to Detroit. She says, don't they play in that kind of stuff? What's wrong with them? I'm like, there's a difference between playing in a, even a foot of snow, three to four feet. You're talking about, you know, there's 80,000 people are going to drive to the game. You don't want them to be driving to the game in a blizzard. Yeah. I mean, it's more about safety and yeah, that's, that's than, not, the, than the players. That the players would probably smart. dig it a little bit, you know? I mean, it would be fun to watch. But uh, I certainly wouldn't want to drive in it. That's, that's for darn sure. Well, you know, they're building a new stadium in Buffalo. I think they've signed off on that. It's going to be a few years, but I'm curious to see what they do. Uh, you know, Buffalo's roof. always known for the cold weather. Do they do like kind of a half indoor, you know, retractable roof? I yeah. Because, I mean, you got to play outdoors in Buffalo, don't you? Yeah, well, I would think so. I mean, do you think they're going to do a retractable roof over there? I don't know. I, I haven't seen the renderings, but I'm curious because – I mean, Minnesota forever was outside, and they're no longer right. outside. And no. they get Super Bowls because of that. You're not going to get a Super Bowl if you, if you build an outdoor stadium in the winter. There's no doubt. Let's move on. Let's not talk about – I talk enough about the weather on my podcast. I mean, I really should – I should have been a meteorologist. I mean, it's what I, I – besides the Saints and LSU and the Pelicans and sometimes Tulane, I think I talk more about the weather than anything else. But, hey – should have been a meteorologist. You don't have to even be right. I mean, sports betting, you got to be right about, I don't know, 56 to 60% of the time, which we're doing right now. We're having a great year with, with NFL bets bets. We got the Titans right again last night. We're just, we are rolling. Um, but uh, you, you, can't, you can't be right. Meteorology, you only have to be right like 30% of the time. And hurricanes. If you're right 30% of the time for everything except for hurricanes, you got to be right like 90% of the time. Yeah. You know. I think it's harder to do weather here than most places in the country because of the, you know, the the weather coming in off the Gulf. There's all kinds of just pop up storms. Yeah, you know, it's difficult here. I think something you didn't know about when you when you didn't live here, Dunk. You didn't know you didn't have to worry about hurricanes in Louisville. 
I mean, no, we just had but, a few tornadoes here and there, but nothing like the weather here. Well, you've been through a few of them now here, through hell and high water. Uh, all right, Jerry, uh, let's get down to the to the brass tacks. We got talent, not the coaching, Jerry says, and that leads into right where I want to go. I mean, I have defended Dennis Allen through most of this season, and I just, look, it's not just the Dalton Winston thing. I'm going to ask your take on that in a minute, but I, I got issues with Dennis Allen now. And, look, I it's like I said earlier, I don't wish for any – you and I have both been through tumultuous times in our business over the past 10 years. I don't wish anyone to be fired. I, I mean, I've been through it. I've been let go and brought back three different times in my career now since 2012. So I don't wish that on anyone. But you have to wonder what's going on. And, and I, I think there's a lack of, um, I don't know, I guess you, you miss Sean Payton so much, you realize how much he meant to this team. We were talking off the air about Tennessee and the Titans, and and how well they play with mediocre talent. Other than Derrick Henry, that is a mediocre football team, if there ever was one. They have never they have now covered in eight straight games, and since they got shellacked in Buffalo, they have been outstanding. And they have a mediocre quarterback. They have a mediocre defense, maybe a little better than mediocre. They have an okay offensive line, and Derrick Henry gets the job done, and Mike Vrabel gets the job done. The Saints don't have that. Yeah, I don't know if maybe we – look, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I kind of fell into the trap of buying and drinking the Kool-Aid during training too. camp. I yeah. totally admit I did it. Uh, was should have been more skeptical, and uh, I wasn't. Usually I'm the glass half-empty guy when it comes to, the you know, the crew out there. And um, I didn't. I kind of bought in, and I feel like expectations were just too high for this team. And I feel like that the internally, J.D., they overestimated how good they were. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, um, you know, it's all come, come home to roost this season. Uh, this, this is going to take a long recovery. I don't think it's going to happen overnight um, because they have resource issues to fix it, right? You don't have a lot of draft high draft picks. You don't have a lot of cap room. So um, I don't see a lot to be optimistic about going forward. The only thing you can hang your hat on is the NFL – Things happen, right? Yes. No other league where all of a sudden the Jets and Giants are good this year, and no one thought that. No one thought Seattle would be winning their division. So I didn't. Um, yeah, it's 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 a crazy league. So you know, it's hard to say that it it won't happen for the Saints. But uh, I think historically, if you look at the history of this league, when you lose a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback, there's a huge drop off, and I think we all kind of took that for granted. Lindsay, I thank you for joining us every week, but it's not about the defense. It, it, it really isn't. It's not about the defense. And, and honestly, it's not even about the offense. It's about, I think, Dunk, you go through, and last week is a perfect, is it was a microcosm of the entire season. The Saints were not prepared to go to Pittsburgh last week. They played a coach in Mike Tomlin. I, I am a huge Mike Tomlin fan. I think Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And it goes to show the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have the talent the Saints have. I get injuries. We, 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 another thing we talked about off air, everybody has injuries in November. Every, all 32 teams have injuries. You cannot make excuses about injuries. The only one Tons that does, real quick, the only one that doesn't, I, I was, my, my mind was blown Monday night. Eagles, did you hear that stat on them? 
17 of their 22 starters haven't missed a game all year. That's that's amazing. That's well, also they have probably, issues now. But I know, but it's probably why they've been so good, right? Yeah. They, they, 17 out of 22 is pretty amazing. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. This is your show, too. <laughs> Sean Payton left unexpectedly. Dennis Allen was his fall guy. I mean, I don't want to say – that's not the right way to put it. I, I'm with Dunk. Look, we could say whatever we want now. Hindsight is 2020. I thought the Dennis Allen hire was a good hire. I mean, I think it, when, you, when you're coming from Mickey Loomis's perspective, you want to go with what had worked for the past 16 years, and what had worked was the Sean Payton way. And the best way to go with that is status quo. And that's kind of what they were doing. Dennis Allen was status quo. Pete Carmichael was status quo. And now it, it's coming in just Dennis Allen to me. And he's still got time to, to prove things, prove us wrong. So, I mean, as wrong as we were in the beginning of the season that he was the right guy. And I'm not saying we because I'm not speaking for Jeff. But we could be just as wrong now that, that he's not the right guy. He could still turn things around. I think he's still young. He's still learning is, is part of the problem. He's so used to doing things a certain way, he's only got to look at the defense. And now he's – and I hear this from high school coaches. It's no different at any level. When you're used to doing things from one way and now you have all these added responsibilities and all these added things. So I can understand that it's, it's a different world. He still has a chance to save his job. And, and Dunk and I have talked throughout the season that Mickey Loomis is a loyal, loyal guy. So, it would for me, it would probably take, and I know Saints fans don't want to hear this because they want him fired tomorrow. I think it would take Dunk a 5-12 and 12 or worse season for even there to be a chance that he's fired. But when, you, when you're a general manager and you look ahead and you talk about the cupboard being bare, it's not going to get any better because they don't have any cap space. They don't have a first-round draft pick. It's a mess. So, I mean... If you're Dennis Allen and you look at where you are, I'm not even sure that you want to stick around for this because I don't want to be Derry Downer, but this is not going to get better anytime soon. Yeah, but I, I don't see any kind of change happening. I mean, I'll, unless this thing just completely goes off the rails. Which it could. Another, yeah, and that could happen, but I just, I'll be shocked if, I mean, Mickey Loomis always errs on the side of being conservative. Uh, he's very loyal. He values stability. Uh, they just don't operate like that out there. From the top down, Gail Benson as well, they they value and really respect Dennis Allen. I think they look at it as he's a good coach and we've got to fix what's around Dennis Allen. And maybe there's some – I'll be surprised, put it this way, if they're not significant changes to the coaching staff. Yes. And that will require them to buy out some guys because a lot of guys got – multi-year contracts last year when Dennis came on. But there's obviously going to be some changes there. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think more than Dennis Allen, and I've been hypercritical of Pete Carmichael, um, it started off really bad. Uh, I thought he got a lot better throughout the course of uh, the end of September and into October. Uh, I thought the Minnesota game, I thought for the most part he had a good game plan. I thought he had a good game plan for a couple of games. But the last few weeks... I'm just convinced he's in over his head. I mean, I, this is, I was, it's obvious that Sean Payton was, was calling all the plays. And you can follow a guy and, and be a part of something, but, I mean, I hate to say it. He might be a nice guy. I've never met Pete Carmichael. So, he's a great I mean, guy. He's a terrific I, guy. He's a smart guy. Like he is. Very seems smart. like he is. Yeah, but I mean. But, that, but smart doesn't translate to being able to take on this kind of responsibility. But he's called plays before and been very successful. So 
it's not like he hasn't done it before. I mean, he's he called the whole 2012 season, and they, you know, they ran up huge numbers that year. I think he also called in 2018 or 17. He called most of the plays. But I think he clearly misses having Sean Payton there. There's no doubt. I think the whole organization misses Sean Payton. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing that I, I, I'm just kicking myself about is I knew this could potentially happen. I, I've talked about it for years when Sean was coaching. I said, when he leaves, it's going to be tough. And then I somehow fell in the trap of thinking that they had kind of figured it out and um, didn't anticipate it. So I'm kicking myself. But Sean Payton has a presence and I think one thing I've noticed, and see if you agree with me, Jim, is uh, you know he gave he he had a confidence about him, a swagger as a coach that I think no that transferred to the players. I mean, the, the Saints played with a swagger; they don't have it anymore, man. You go out there and watch them play; they don't look confident. They don't look like they've got much energy. Uh, their body language is not good. And, yeah, I said know, it. I said it it's all just week. Not good. They don't look like they want to be there, which is a reflection on the head coach as much yeah, as I mean, anything. some guys do. It's funny. The, some of the young cats are into it, but what the, I'm a big body language guy. And, I, you know, like, remember they used to do this thing, this little hand thing between DeMario and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They'd make yeah. a big play, and there was there's none of that going on now. And I know no. this is silly, and we're, like, maybe picking nits here, but, like, I watch a guy make a big play against the Steelers, a guy makes a great defensive play, and just maybe one guy runs up and taps him on the helmet. There's no camaraderie. It's just like they're all just independent contractors doing their jobs, and and they've got a bunch of good guys. It's not like they have bad people in the locker room, but there's just no cohesiveness. I don't I don't know how you find that, but it's it's just not there right now. We have a couple of good questions and comments that I want to get to in in just a minute. I promise. If you you've left some really good comments, really good questions that I'm going to get to in just a minute. But, uh, but I have a point to make, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. I think last week was a microcosm, and, it, and it, it's really on peak. I'm really I, – I know you, you're not going to be as negative as I am, but I have a real problem with Pete Carmichael. You go into a game last week against Pitts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't care that you get T.J. Watt back. I understand that. But you have, you're playing – T.J. Watt doesn't change the fact that the Steelers had the 28th 28th ranked rushing defense in the NFL. And you go into that game and you run 15 times. I've said this all week long because it bothers me. You run 15 times. You should have been running 35 times in that game. You should not put that ball on. It shouldn't even be up to Andy Dalton last week. It should have been Kamara and Taysom Hill. And on second down dunk, second down, the Saints rushed the ball twice and once was a fumble by Andy Dalton that he picked up and ran a yard forward, which counts as a run. So to tell me that you're not even trying to run the ball on second down, I don't care if you get no yards on first down. When you keep doing the same things over and over again, it's pretty. It's like throwing a fastball in baseball 28 times in a row, and you don't have a great fastball. I mean, it, it, they're going to know that you're going to throw a fastball after you do it like the 12th time in a row. They're going to be sitting dead red. So you keep throwing the football. You don't even try to run the football. I have a problem with that. You go into a game plan against the 28th-ranked run defense in the NFL, and you outsmarted only yourselves. Well, as long as I've followed the Saints uh, and this offensive coaching staff and this system, the one thing I know they do is they pretty much take what the defense gives them. They, they look at see how they're being defended early in the game, and then they try to attack where they think, the defense is weak. That's how they've always done it here. 
And I've always felt like to some degree, like they've been incredibly successful, so it's hard to criticize them. But there is a part of me that's always felt like, hey, sometimes you just got to go and do what you do. And, and it's clear right now when teams play the Saints, they know they want to run the ball. Their two best playmakers are Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. And so teams know it, and they're loading up right. the box, and then it's exacerbated by the offensive line issues. They're the, the playing backups along the interior offensive line. Uh, now they're going to have a backup at left tackle, and they can't run the ball. And this is just a recipe for disaster. They try to run the ball, though. Well, That's and when they have, they did try, and they, they could Not enough. You know, they, you know, so and the other thing is, I would say, and this is a little bit of a defense for, for the 15 attempts is they didn't have hardly any plays. I mean, they ran like 50 something plays. I mean, they they didn't maintain the ball to get enough plays to run the ball. They were like a lot of three and outs, and um, you know, they're just they're trying they're they're trying to they're in a, a gunfight with a knife right now. I mean, they don't have any a red water to, pistol. Yeah, Andy Andy Dalton threw a couple of balls. If you if you remember I, when I did the film study, a couple of 50-50 balls, one to Olave, one to Kevin White, uh, that ended up being an interception. Those balls, if they're the exact same pass to Mike Thomas, he catches them. I mean, there's no doubt they're competitive 50-50 balls. He would catch those. These guys can't make those kind of plays. They don't have that playmaker on the perimeter as a receiver. Chris Olave is a great young rookie. He's not a guy going to go up and outfight a DB for a pass. He's just not big enough, and that's not his game. So they're missing that kind of element, and teams know it. And the Steelers just said, you, you try and beat our guys one-on-one outside. We don't think you can do it. You're, you're being way too nice. But I, that's, why I was, I, that's why I was looking forward to talking to you today because I've been uh, hyper on the other side. Uh, I, look, I, I'm not defending this team. I mean, there's no defense for what I've seen the past couple of weeks. Uh, it's one thing if you go out and bust your ass and lose. It's another thing to see what we've seen the past couple of weeks. There's nobody busting anybody's ass. Uh, the Pittsburgh on the other side last week, again, coming out, they have no chance to make the playoffs. They were 2-6 and six coming into the game. They gave it everything that they had. They should have won that game by three touchdowns. I mean, it goes to show. Yeah, the Saints were lucky to be in that game. I mean, they missed oh, two extremely, field goals. Extremely field lucky. Goal. Yeah, they they were fortunate. That, that, I don't know if that field goal kicker is going to be back there. I don't know if he still is, but they should have had that game well in hand, and the Saints were no still doubt. in it. But I, I and look, I told you, I, I thought the Steelers would win that game. I thought it was a tough spot for the You're Saints. Right. Yeah. You know, they had a bye week the week before. They're getting healthier. Uh, I like them against the Bengals this week. I think they're a team that could be kind of on the on the I cone, if you will. And um, I, I like I like the way they played against the Saints. I thought they they got after the Saints on both lines of scrimmage, and um, I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a good player. I mean, he he missed some throws against. Yeah, the he Saints. should be wearing a different black and gold. Yeah, but you can see the talent he's got, and he can run. He hurt yeah. the Saints running the ball. Uh, he's he's going to be a good player. I know the Saints needed a left tackle in, in the worst way, but. Kenny Pickett should be a member of the New Orleans Saints. That made no sense to me at all. I mean, that that's a quarterback this team could certainly use. Could be a franchise quarterback. Will be a franchise quarterback. You'd, you'd feel a lot better right now if you had Kenny Pickett. There's you, no doubt. You'd, you'd Even if like, you were three and seven, you yeah, would feel a lot better. You'd feel like the like. And Rod Walker made a good point. He was going to write that column until the the wheels fell off. But his column was going to be about if you were you know you had two teams here very similar right lost right. Hall of Fame quarterbacks and chose different paths to recover from the, that loss. The Steelers went with the young rookie. Saints tried to kind of go with the veteran route and keep things together. 
And right now, I'd rather be a Steelers fan than a Saints fan with the future. That both right. And, and one franchise has been winning since 1970. And the other franchise has had maybe is one half that time. I yes. mean, you, 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 a 16-year window with Sean Payton. And maybe the you more, can count. The more, the more, I was going to yeah. say, maybe you can count the, a six- or seven-year window with Jim Mora and a very small snippet of Jim Haslett's career. But other than that, this has been a losing franchise, and I hate to say it, but it's going to be a losing franchise. Wow, Derry Downer, in effect. It's the truth. I mean, it, it, let's be real. I'm a, I, 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 look, when, when it's good, it's good. This is not good. It's not, going, it's not getting better anytime soon, I hate to tell you. Just look at what you, – you can't say this team is getting better anytime soon. They don't have the leadership. I'm, th- I'm talking about from the lower end. I, I believe in Mickey. I think – but I don't think Mickey's going to be around that much longer. And that goes to this, this, this question from my friend Ronnie Dalio. Sean clearly still wants to coach. I agree wholeheartedly. Did he leave the Saints because he saw this coming? It's the only answer. I think Sean Payton knew that even he couldn't drag this – bunched out what he had coming out of the abyss, and he didn't have it in him to do a whole new – he didn't have what Belichick had in, in him to go through post-Brady era. And I think Sean, now in, in hindsight, why did he re- leave so early? I mean, we figured, he, we figured he would leave in a few years. We didn't figure he would leave before this year. And so maybe he saw the – Yeah, look, I, I, think he, I think he was burnt out too. I think that was a big part of it. You would know better than anybody, so – that's yeah, why we no, I think he was definitely burnt out. I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. But he's not burnt out anymore. I mean, this past week he didn't take he was long. Out this past week playing golf at Augusta National all week. So, <laughs> well, wow. uh, that's only going nice. to get you so far, though. At some point, he wants to get back on the sidelines, and he's going to be coaching somewhere next year. Uh, the Saints would be smart to, to at least give him a call. Trav says, "I swear, I got traded to the Eagles for some pocket lint." Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I, that's funny and all, but I don't agree with that at all. That that's the one thing I I don't miss Ch- Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I don't think this team would be any better with him here. Uh, he didn't want to play here. He wasn't gonna play here. They weren't gonna give him the contract because they, they frankly they can't afford it. Um, we talked about the the situation of, of salary cap. We can joke about where the Saints might be and they didn't get anything for him. You weren't gonna get anything for him. That's the best you could do. So. I, he wouldn't have made one lick of difference on this team. I promise you. Because he, you know why? Because he wouldn't be playing like he's playing in Philly. He probably wouldn't even be on the field. He would have taken the Mike Tra- Thomas train in Nowhereville. He wouldn't even be playing. So I mean, people wouldn't be saying that had, had he stuck around. Uh, we have some other comments. Let's see. And Jerry's on the same train talking about, see, forget about Chauncey Gardner Johnson. <laughs> he, he, he would not be playing here. This is that what happens. Though, no Jim. difference. This is what happens when a team starts losing. Everybody starts looking for Correct. scapegoats and and easy easy identifiable like problems uh, or, or solutions. And it's right. really way more complicated than that. <laughs> way more complicated than that. There are little facets of everything. Ryan hasn't commented yet. He says Pete Mark Carl Michael's got to go. How is it not a bigger story that Pete's dad is best friends with Andy Dalton's dad? I didn't know that at all. Is that really true? Uh, if not, I, I mean, know. I don't know that it matters, but but I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with. Anything. I don't know what that has to do with anything. That, that isn't. I mean, that that I appreciate you commenting, but I don't think that has anything to do with. Look, Lord knows I've been in the Jameis Winston camp, but I don't think that 
uh, nepotism is playing a role in anything. Um, it's, I think it's just, and, and don't, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think when it comes to Dalton Winston, we haven't talked about it, but, and I definitely wanted to with you, cause I know that you would, I, maybe I'll present the Derry Downer point of view and you can, you know, come back up, bring people back up a little bit. But I think when it comes down to Dalton Winston is this. If you look through, and I, and I joked, not joked, but I said it's one of three things. It's either Dennis Allen is trying to get fired, which we know is not the case. Obviously, I'm being facetious when I say that. Andy Dalton has got something on Dennis Allen, which we know is not the case. We all know I'm being facetious when I say that. Or I'm not being facetious when I say this. Jameis Winston did something to piss somebody off. <laughs> and, and and there's something. And now you see him talking to Mike Triplett and having this sit down and saying, I'm not hurt. And. They promised me and coming clean, something that would have never, ever, ever happened with Sean Payton as coach. Somebody having a candid conversation about the internal goings on, even with himself. That would have never happened with Sean Payton. But it it goes to show a point. Sean Payton, I mean, Jameis Winston did something to somebody to piss somebody off somewhere. That can be the only reason why they wouldn't make a change right now. The only no, 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 no I, I totally disagree with that. I don't think he pissed anybody off. I just think, uh, you know, this is what I think transpired. He got hurt, started playing terribly. They made a decision to go to Dalton. And then when he got healthy, Dalton was playing well at that time. And they just didn't want to. I know how Mickey Loomis thinks. Don't, don't, don't be confused here. Mickey Loomis is heavily involved in making this decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Mickey and Dennis met on this, probably Jeff Ireland too, the whole office, and made a decision. This is a big decision. And they probably said, look, let's keep this thing going the way it is. It, it, and they didn't feel like this wasn't Drew Brees coming back. This is Jameis Winston who, let's face it, is not probably that much better if he is than Dandy Dahl. Maybe he is but a little better, but it wasn't that big a difference, in other words, in talent. And so they stuck with Dalton. And now what I think happened is I think Dennis actually – Thought and I haven't talked to anybody about this, so I'm kind of just speculating. But reading between the lines, Dennis said we made a decision to go with Andy. We, not I. We. I think they just knowing how Mickey Loomis thinks says we're going to look really crazy here if we go flip flopping back and forth between quarterbacks. Let's keep keep this thing stable. They value stability and just let's just keep the ship righted. He thinks maybe it would look bad if you're flip-flopping back between these guys. I don't agree with it, but I think that's... that's it looks bad. Best. What does three and seven look like? That's Are you serious? I, well, I think they feel like the quarterback there is not that... There's not that much difference. That that's... The, whoever plays quarterback on this three and seven team, just like you said, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I don't think it, they feel like it's going to make much difference is what, the way I, I view their that, decision. That makes it even worse. If you don't think it makes much difference, then you are foolish at three and seven to sit and go status quo and watch the same thing. And I know this isn't you. I know this is you speculating on what they're saying internally, and I believe you. I think there's a good chance that that's true. But that's even worse. You're three and seven. I mean, to not make changes at three and seven, I mean, that'd be like me being a salesman and I haven't sold a car in two months and I'm, because I'm not getting off my fat ass to go out there and work. It doesn't make any sense. So we just keep doing the same things over and over again. It doesn't make – look, let, let, here's, here's our graphic to, to show the point. We, talk, we look at where they are in offense. I mean, this, this was – they were the fifth-ranked offense not that long ago. 
It keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. And the worst part is the 22nd-ranked rushing offense. They're not 22nd-ranked because just because, it's part, in part because their offensive line has been hurt. I get that. But you're not the 22nd-ranked rushing offense solely because you've had injuries on your offensive line. Again, everybody's got injuries everywhere this time of season. You're 22nd in rushing offense because you're not trying to run the ball. And, and that goes on the coaching. But but going back to the change thing, you can't expect things to get better if you're just like saying a three and seven. We got something's got to happen. You got to start at the top. Yeah, look, I, I don't know what led to that decision, but Monday it certainly sounded like Dennis was looking at making a change. It the sure he did. Talked, he didn't talk with the, the. He didn't use that kind of word, uh, phrasing before when he was asked about the quarterback. And Andy Dalton is not playing that well right now. The, my problem with Andy Dalton is that, uh, you know, when you watch him, it's pretty clear he's never going to try to make a play. He's always going to err. I mean, like it, it, just like the first series in the Steelers game, they left a guy unblocked, and, and it happens, you know, protection breakdown. Guy unblocked, he just immediately throws the ball away. He doesn't even try to make a play, whereas Lamar Jackson, I realize it's Lamar Jackson, but right. – that can happen with Lamar Jackson. He still can make something happen. Andy Dalton has no ability to make a play off schedule. Everything has to be perfect, and it's not a perfect world in the NFL. I, and I, he doesn't I even try. And it's probably because the coaching staff has said, just do not make mistakes. And so he's he's going to try to avoid those mistakes. And and I'm at the point where when I watch the Saints play, they're three and seven now. At least Jameis Winston, yes, he might make a mistake, but he also might make a big play. And that's where I I. I differ is I think if you put Jameis in there, he might be able to avoid that rush. He might try to make a play, and sometimes he might get burned, but he also might make a play. Right now, there's no hope when when things break down because Andy can't scramble. He's not that guy at this stage of his career, and he doesn't have the arm strength to get the ball down the field. The Saints have one play of longer than 19 yards in two games, and that was that fluky play where Jawan Johnson scored because the Ravens quit on the play and thought and he, he stepped. Out. By the way, and he stepped out of bounds, but it was at a point where it didn't matter, so they didn't even review it. Is that true? I didn't. No, know he 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 clearly stepped out of bounds on that play. <laughs> it, it well, yeah, matter. that's the only play they've had over 19 yards in two games. Well, and, and look, go. It, it goes to my what I've been saying for for six, seven weeks, uh, probably longer. But again, I don't know how to keep saying the same thing. You know what you have with Andy Dalton. You know what's going to happen with Andy Dalton. I'm not saying Jameis Winston's going to be some kind of savior, but the fact that you might have something, you might be able to make big plays, beats knowing you can't make big plays. So that's that's my biggest thing. I'm not saying Jameis Winston's going to come in and save the season. This season's gone. Um, but the fact that he is under contract for next season, it makes no sense to at least see because there's not a large enough sample size. He did. I mean, if you want to think there is, you can go back and say he went five and two as a starter last year. He he played three games this year, and he played it probably injured. So I, I don't understand why they wouldn't even at least try and see what you have. You might look, have something. Let me just say this. I mean, and I don't know this. I haven't talked to Trip, but wouldn't surprise me if that whole conversation was was arranged. You know, right. I don't know that trip might have just wandered up to Jameis in the locker room and good on him for doing that. But I also know Jameis has a camp and a group of people around him that are pretty, um, pretty, I don't know how, what, what I'm trying to say, but he's got a group of people that, that 
are out for his best interests and want to frame things. And that, that probably didn't happen. I either. get that. I, I completely get that. I, and I think 100% you are, you are true. That is true. Uh, but, but here, here we go. Gypsy, obviously on the Andy Dalton camp. How do we know Jameis is not, not hundred percent healthy? How do you know? Have you been working on Jameis Winston? Because if you are, I'd love to hear from you. Gypsy, if you've been, if you've been, if you're a doctor and you've been at Jameis Winston's uh, facility or whatever it is, and you've worked on him and you know he's not 100% healthy, please, please give us some info. I think he's I'm... telling everybody he is healthy. Exactly. That's my point. So, I mean. He would know. He would know better than anybody. I, I, think, he, I think he would know. I don't think Jameis has nothing to gain, really, to come out and say he's fully healthy if he wasn't. Because if they right. were to make a change and he's, and he's hurt, then he's screwing himself. Exactly. So, I mean, there's no James reason he would do that. If you're Jameis Winston, the best thing you could do right now is act like you're hurt, because that would right. give you that would give you cover for your next contract with another team. 100%. You could say, "Look, I, I was not healthy. I'm healthy now." But if you're saying you're healthy and you can't get on the field, uh, that's going to cause some red flags to maybe a, a future team that might want to sign him. Why? Why are they not playing him if he's healthy? So to me, yeah, that's, uh, he definitely is healthy. There's zero doubt in my mind that he's healthy. And again, at this point in the season. There isn't a single player in the league, not one single player that has played at least 50% of the snaps or whatever, that is not banged up in some kind of way, that doesn't have something that's affecting the way they play football. It's just different people deal with it, and different coaches deal with with injuries, situations uh, than others. Uncle Big Nick uh, asked the question, don't we think Jameis has more to play for, a reason to play good? I mean, look, I think Dalton's doing the best he can. I mean, I don't think, look, Andy Dalton is going out there and busting his ass. I, I don't have any problem with that. But but I guess the point is Dalton is done after after this year, which is, I don't I don't even want to say likely, but there's a good chance that Andy Dalton retires when the season's over. Yeah, I mean, he's he, got a big family. Yeah, exactly. This is fourth team in four years. There's a reason, you know, he's, he's a classic journeyman. Now, he may want to keep playing at a place where he doesn't have to go out there and get beat up like he's doing. Right. He might want to be the Chase Daniel route, you know, get behind a, a Josh Allen or somebody where he doesn't have enough exactly. to play and make two to three million a year just being a backup. That's not a bad gig. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's why he went to Dallas. I mean, but that yeah. didn't work out too well for him. So, um, and look, I don't think Andy Dalton had any real expectations of, of starting when he came here. It just no. kind of, I mean, it, Jameis was the clear start. And that's another problem. Jameis was the clear starter going into the season. So you saw three games with him obviously injured then. You saw three games with an injured Jameis Winston, and that tells you you don't even want to play him anymore. There's got to be something going on. But I'm not trying to create some kind of controversy. There's got to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Well, I would say this. I, I do think it, it, it's fair to openly question why they – why they went after Jameis Winston in the offseason and gave him the contract they gave him as a two-year, $28 million deal. It's, by starting quarterback num, uh, standards, that's, that's middle class, maybe even no. lower middle class. It's pretty, pretty affordable, but it's still $14 million. You're paying him to sit on the bench right now and, and to not play. You, you're paying Andy Dalton $3 million. Correct. So clearly you thought Jameis Winston was the guy just six months ago or five months ago. He was your guy. Right. So you're right. Something's given them pause, and that's that's something only the team knows. Now, what that is is it 
I don't think it's something he did to piss him off. I think it's something that he did on the field, maybe in preparation, that's given them a lack of confidence in him. That's Let me ask you this. Is this a possibility? And I never really thought about this before, but is it possible that maybe they know that they want to cut him when the season's over? And if he comes in and plays well, then they're, then it's a lot harder to do that. I mean, is that a possibility? No, no, I don't think they would care about that. I think I think they would definitely, if they want to move on from him, they'll move on from him. But they want to win games right now. I think the the the, the risk you run right now is losing the locker room. And what I mean by that, I don't mean everybody's going to have a coup. What I mean is you lose the buy-in for Dennis Allen. And right now, trust me, the most important thing in that building from Mickey Loomis and, and management and the front office is trying to make it work with this head coach. I mean, they just hired him. They want him to have uh, success. They want him to breed confidence. Of course they do. From below. And right now, I think so there's, do we. there's a crisis of confidence right now. Dennis Allen and the staff, and they're going to try any way they can to bolster that. So they want to win games to do that. I don't want to come off the wrong way. I want Dennis Allen to succeed. I think Dennis Allen's a great guy. I mean, everything I've, every time I've been around him, you know, I, I actually met him before the, before the season started. And if he were listening to this, he wouldn't remember. But I met him at a, at a car wash. Super nice guy. Talked to him for a couple minutes. He was nothing but nice. Didn't have to talk to me. I didn't say that I was a sports writer at the time. I hadn't really met him. I hadn't dealings with him. I've been in, now been in the locker room, been part of his presses. I think he's a truly nice guy. I, I hope he succeeds here. I, I think he's going to get a chance to succeed unless this season just falls off the rails completely. Three and seven's not completely falling off the rails. Um, Three and 14 would be falling off the rails. Four and 13 would be falling off the rails. So unless that happens, he's probably going to be back um, with major changes. But I, I wish him well. I just don't, I, I don't think from what I've seen that he's going to be able to turn things around because I, I think he's in over his head. I hope I'm wrong. Well, he's definitely got the support in the building. There's, there's no, no question about that. I think he's had a lot of things go against him here. I mean, this that's weird, true. That's true. Weird as well. injury to Marshawn Lattimore, the the bad luck with Michael Thomas. I mean, that's two of your probably five best players on the team. I don't know that I would call Michael Thomas bad luck. That's on Michael Thomas. That's a whole well, different story. Yeah, whatever. I'm just I, saying for Dennis Allen. For Dennis Allen, it's it's misfortune. Yeah, you know how we we all kind of misread the Saints before the season. Us in the media, I think a lot of Saints people misread Michael Thomas. Um, and so I think I think that's where that is, and they're just kind of stuck now. That, again, that's that that's something we definitely will be talking about in the offseason. I'm trying to get going because there are some other things I want to talk about. It's already 10.02 in the morning, and I wanted to be done by 10.10. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But real quick, because uh, I never even got to the Rams. Uh, Trav says, how is it that Jameis is, isn't healthy enough to start but is healthy enough to be emergency quarterback? That's another thing. I mean, you know, if he wasn't healthy enough to, to play – he wouldn't be the backup quarterback, which is what he is right now. Let's talk about the matchup itself. We've talked enough about the internal parts of the Saints. And going into this week, the good news is for the Saints, they're playing a team that is in at least the same situation they're in. I mean, the only difference is they won the Super Bowl last year. But they're playing a Rams team that has a lot, a lot of problems. They're probably going to get, well, not probably. They're almost certainly going to get Matthew Stafford back this week, which has changed this line from Saints to minus four. The Saints minus three, but Dunk, you're going to have to help me understand why the Saints are a three-point favorite, even against a team that's as dysfunctional as they are. Well, I mean, if there's any team in the league that's more dysfunctional 
than the Saints. It's the Rams right now. So I, I think that's why I think the, the Rams are struggling to to get to 20 points in the game. Their offensive line's completely decimated. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they can't run the ball. I think you showed that graphic a while ago where they last in the league and, and rushing offense. Uh, 30 yeah. second. And, that, and I, I don't think it's the 30 second in total offense period, which is something and, you wouldn't expect. No Cooper Cup this week. Uh, they're going to struggle to move the ball. But I think the Saints are going to struggle, especially with the offensive line issues they have. Aaron Donald's still over there. I mean, I, I, this I'm usually a guy that likes to be kind of contrarian, but I don't see how this game's going to go into the into the 20s. I don't see how either team's going to move the ball, uh, given their deficiencies on offense. Now, this is where I think the criticisms of Pete Carmichael are valid. Uh, I'd like to see a little more creativity out of him. Uh, you know, where's that jet sweep they they used to get, you know, you know Rashid Shahid yeah. earlier this year, right? I mean, just little things like that. Maybe a, maybe a, a screen game. Uh, they're just they're, there's not a lot of creativity right now on the play calling, and he's going to have to be creative because they don't have any other option. Uh, this this lining up and running Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara is not going to work. They're going to have to come up with something to try and uh, get a little gimmicky to produce some points. But I do think if whoever gets to 20 is going to win this game. Well, hence why the over-under is a minuscule 39. So, uh, yeah, it's it, from what we've seen, it would, you would imagine that it would even go under 39. I have trouble betting uh, a total that low unless it's going to be bad weather, unless it's teams that just can't move the football. But – the Saints, uh, will they be able to find Dunk? Do you think they'll be able uh, – you have to think they've done some introspection, right? They, they've sit around and, and say, what have we done wrong? And if there's any week that you can fix it, at least a little bit, and I know the Rams' defense has played okay, they still gave up 27 points to the Cardinals and a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy. McCoy, yeah. So uh, there are points to be scored against this team. Do you think the Saints said, look, we got away from X, Y, and Z. We got to get back to it this week. Yes, I think that's exactly what they're going to try and do. Um, you know, get the look. Jarvis Landry, I thought was okay in his game back. Uh, he certainly helps them a little bit. Uh, they got to get the ball to Olave. Uh, you know, Jawan Johnson has been one of the silver linings of this season. He's really emerged, I think, as a top target. Andy Dalton clearly has confidence in him. So I can see why the Saints are favored in this game, but. Uh, right now, the Saints just need to get a win any way they can to get a little confidence. And, you know, one win can change things. Yeah, that's true. And, and they're in a bad division. But I, I wrote my column this week. Sometimes I feel like the worst thing that's happened to the Saints is the division being bad because everyone keeps, as I pointed out, like everyone's looking up at Tampa and going, wow, we're almost there. We're only a game or two back. And what they should be doing is looking down and saying, there's only two teams in the league worse than us than the entire league that's the reality uh, not that you're two games behind the division leader i mean it's such a bad division you're losing perspective on just how bad things are right now because the division is kind of keeping hopes alive gypsy uh we've shown a couple of your comments today it takes i appreciate your optimism buddy i really do it takes up to three years for a new head coach to develop and do a success they don't have three years they're not this this is a different nfl that we live in you don't get three years. I mean, maybe with this team, if there were any team we could get three years with, it would be this one because, I mean, Mickey Loomis, again, I just don't think Mickey's going to be here for three more years. I just don't think he wants to be. I, I mean, just when we talked to him over the, over the offseason, Dunk, 
I just don't know that he has three years left in him. We'll see. Um, I think he's going to want to stay as long as he can to keep Den- make sure Dennis is successful. That's my opinion. Uh, but I also think he doesn't want to be doing this, you know, 10 more years, no doubt. I, I, would, I would say five years is, is his, his window. To, and I think, it was, I think it was about this time last year when we said that, or you said, that Sean Payton's window was about five years max. And that turned into yeah. about three months. So I'm not saying Mickey's going to quit. Mickey's, first off, get it out of your head. I've had some, some. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to have, I've had some out of the, in another world comments that Mickey Loomis should go. A, Mickey Loomis is never, and, and let me repeat this, never going to get fired and never going to be asked to leave. The Saints would have to go 0-17 like two years in a row. Okay, that's how bad it would have to be. Gail Benson is not going to get rid of Mickey Loomis, nor should she, in my opinion. What was the the great Edwin Edwards line? You know, the only way I can lose this election is I'm caught in bed with a, a uh, live, uh, live boy or dead girl. Or a or dead something. girl. <laughs> something like that. A live that's, boy or a dead girl. Yes, that that's is. the same way with Mickey Loomis getting fired. It ain't going to happen. I don't know. A dead boy would probably do it too. But anyway, that's all. That's the only way. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's the only way he gets fired. Is if I mean, otherwise it ain't happening. In other words, but uh, so. But that being said, I'm just saying. I don't know. He he's what 63, 64, something. I don't know. Almost. I don't know his he, age. It's up there. So I mean, you get to the point. Look, I can tell you when I'm 63 or 64. I'm certainly going to be thinking about it. I may still be here. I hope that they let me stay here this long. I keep saying dumb things. Who knows? They might they might kick me out of here. But uh, I hope I'm still around. But I can tell you one thing. Even if I am at 63, 64, I'll be thinking about it. <laughs> There's no question yeah. about that. Well, when you're making the money Mickey Loomis is, it's a little, yeah. a little harder to hang it up. Yeah, but you can't you can't spend it if you stick it. I mean, you know, I always wonder, like, the Pete Carroll's of the world. I mean, uh, Pete Carroll, by the way, has done a hell of a job this year. I've been down on him a lot throughout the, the past decade or so. But – Man, he's done a hell of a job. But at, at 71 or 72, I know you make a lot of money, and I know you enjoy doing But don't you want to see what else there is in life um, when you get to that age? I, I mean, you only you only have who knows how much time you have left. I mean, when you're 72, I mean, you might be lucky and have 20-some-odd years left. Who knows? But don't you want to go spend some time with your wife and see what else there is? I think these guys are wired differently. They're not, I guess they, you know they're they're wired to compete in the in the you know the the highest arena in professional sports, and they also a lot of them are kind of obsessive compulsive personalities in that they don't have a lot of outside interests, and that's what they do. I know I've talked uh, to Peyton before. I mean, Sean doesn't do a whole lot other than he's playing a lot of golf right now. But I mean, yeah, he realized real quick that he had to get back in the coaching. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of interest otherwise. I mean, a lot of these guys are like that. It's all they've done their whole lives. So uh, I think, and I agree with you, I think Pete Carroll's done a great job. On the other hand, the coach that comes in this week, I don't think he's done a very good job. Sean McVay, I don't feel like he's all in right now. He doesn't now. want to think, be there. I think his team knows it. He's got yeah. one foot out the door probably to TV, and um, it shows yeah. him the way they play. Sean McVay has already, there were rumors before the season started that he was going to retire. And then someone somehow he got talked back into coming coming back, and it shows. I mean, when a coach either A isn't all in, which Sean McVay isn't, or probably can't do it, I'm not going to mention any names. Uh, it shows. 
And to me, there are probably only right now, I could probably make a list of at least at least 12 to 13 to 14 guys who are head coaches right now and probably shouldn't be. And, and But those jobs are, A, hard to get, and, B, once you get them, not everybody knows how to handle them. So we talked about the Buccaneers and the pipe dream that the Saints fans might have, and good. If you got a pipe dream, good. I mean, we might sit here at, in on January 1st as the Saints about to play the Philadelphia Eagles and – and uh, you could say, Derry, you're an idiot. I mean, look at what the Saints have reeled off. Look at all these wins they've reeled off. They're 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 tied with Tampa. I mean, it could happen. Don't count on it. But Tampa Bay does have a tough schedule coming up when they come off their bye. They got to play the Browns. They play the Saints. I don't know if you consider that a tough game or not, but that that could be a crucial game. But then they play. They finish with the 49ers, Bengals. Then they got the Cardinals after that. Let's see, uh, which isn't necessarily that tough, but it is in Arizona before they finish with two easy ones against the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, so, look, if you're going to get the Bucks, you got to get them in the next few weeks. If you have any hopes or prayers, and you talk about the upcoming schedule, you want to talk about super tough, how about the Saints? You know, after the Rams game, they got to go to San Francisco. They have to go to Tampa Bay on a Monday night, and then they finally get their bye week. By the way, there should be no bye weeks that late. That, that's, that's obscene that it goes to week 14 before you get your bye week. Um, but, but Dunk, I mean, so if the Saints can show something, look, we'd all like to believe if you can win this game and win one out of the two after that, obviously preferably Tampa Bay, then who knows? Yeah, look, I, I agree. you got to win this week. Have to win. I mean, this is, you know, you, you're – Even you're that, calling this a must win. You, you don't call anything a must win. No, but, I mean, you've got to if you want to salvage this season – I don't think they got a prayer of beating San Francisco, but no. last year Zero. when they went to Tampa, I said they had no prayer winning that game. And not only did they win it, they shut out Tampa Bay. So what do I know? Things happen in this They're league. They're not beating San Francisco. San Francisco is the, the exact kind of team that's going to yeah. give the Saints all kinds of. They're they're like the Steelers on steroids, you know. They're yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're physical and 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 I just can't see them winning out there on the West Coast. So you got to get a win this week to stay in in it. And then then you go to Tampa and you go all in because if you win that game, all of a sudden it, the whole division opens up because you be, you basically picked up two games. Jerry, I love you and you've been around since we've started this thing and you you are a regular follower of Bayou Bets, but I hate this. Reality check the NFL. The NFL, I mean, I, say, I have to say this at least once a month. The NFL doesn't hate the Saints any more than they hate it. They love the Saints. They want to come to New Orleans all the time. They do come to New Orleans all the time. New Orleans keeps getting Super Bowls. They don't hate the Saints. Roger Goodell doesn't give a rat's patoot about the Saints or any other team in the league. I mean, he's probably, I mean, I don't know where he grew up, but wherever he grew up, I'm sure he's a fan of, maybe he grew up in New York. I don't know. Maybe he's a Giants fan in the closet. I don't know. But he doesn't hate the Saints. I promise you. I promise everyone. Oh, yeah. That's, doesn't hate that's... the Saints. That's uh, they 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 don't want us to fail. It's the most ridiculous Saints fans. I, I love you, but you, you say the most silly, crazy thing sometimes. It's the dumbest thing. They don't. There's no conspiracy against the Saints. Jando asked a question that I don't know the answer to. Why haven't the Saints worn all black with a new black helmet? Is that an NFL no, rule? No, you can wear a black helmet with black. Uh, and by the way, speaking of uniform speak, change this week, 
Yeah, I love it. This is oh, my cool. favorite uniform. That my they are wearing my favorite uniform this week. They are wearing the the throwback '60s uniforms with the black. Don't get me wrong. I love the all white when they wear it with the gold numbers and the old school and the and the stripe. I don't like the all white with today's uniform. That looks dumb. But this is my favorite uniform of all time. They're wearing the gold jerseys. Uh, I mean the black jerseys with the with the old gold pants and the stripe down the side, and the and the white nameplate and the gold numbers. This is. It, they look, they have the, uh, look good. one with the like three stripes too. They got the, the three stripes on the sleeves. It's it's going to be beautiful, man. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be, be cool. It does open them up though to some some heavy sarcasm. If if they lose, uh, you're going to hear a lot of you're going to hear Saints Twitter saying, "Oh, you know, we've gone back to the baghead days," and I can hear all that happening. Well, you're assuming Twitter is going to still be uh, around Monday. <laughs> That's true. That's a whole nother joke. Uh, yeah, part of me wouldn't wouldn't mind if it just went away. Isn't it amazing? But it isn't it amazing though that people latch on to these, it's, and it's the same in sports and every other facet of life. People latch on to these ridiculous things that they hear or see in a fleeting moment. Oh, Twitter's going to be gone tomorrow. I mean, it's it. it you know, the NFL hates the Saints. They law they the ref screwed them again. I mean, it's it's every facet of life, don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I remember, well, I think, I think there's, I've talked about this with you before, uh, you know, look, I've lived here now 22 years. One thing I think that is true is more people in Louisiana, at least from my experience, buy into conspiracy theories. And I think that's ingrained in the, in the yes. population here because there's been so much corruption. There's been so much backroom dealing and local government, all these things that cause people to be skeptical here. I mean, dynamiting the levee, uh, you know, after, you know, remember Katrina, remember like everybody thought they dynamite. That stuff goes on here more than anywhere I've lived, but that's because history shows that there's been some valid reasons to be skeptical. Well, uh, so I, I do think I understand it. I do. I really do. Well, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald lived here for a long time. So, right. I mean, that whole JFK thing was rooted right in New Orleans. It happened in Dallas, but. It was rooted in New Orleans. Right. So. And if you watch that movie, you see why people are conspiracy theorists here and why these exactly. things are crazy. Was it it's, that there's an old book, right? Dr. Mary's Monkey or whatever yes. it is? Yes. It's all about the conspiracy. It all started here. Jando, real quick, I'm going to I appreciate the comment, the question. Um, he's late, but uh, would we do a reboot of this team with a healthy coach and Jameis? I, I, look, this is something that we're probably going to talk more about in the offseason. Um, I don't think you can talk about reboots right now. Uh, we talk about, you know, people wanting Dennis Allen to go or stay. I mean, that's not something you can – he's not going to go anywhere to the end of the season. At, 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 even if he goes, it wouldn't be till the end of the season. So let's get through this season. I'm, my, from my perspective, I have been questioning things that he's done, but I'm not saying he should be fired in the middle of the season again as someone who's been fired three times in – 11 years. I don't, I don't want anyone to be fired, really. Um, so that, that that's he's a tough situation. Dunk says he's not going to get fired. I think if they keep on this this path that they're on, I I, th- I think they're not going to have a choice. But that that that. But again, I want to be wrong. Guys have, had, guys have had three win seasons and not been fired. I mean, I, I definitely think he could. I think he could go three. Jim Haslett didn't. Fourteen. Well. He'd been there Mike five or six years. This is a first-year guy. You know, he's going to get a little more of a rope because they're going to – look, Mickey Loomis is the first one that probably will 
tell him behind closed doors, look, we, we probably didn't set you up here to, to win with, with how we handled some, some of the things. He's going to give him a lot more uh, rope than he would uh, somebody that's been here five years the way, way Jim had been. I think there's going to be, again, <laughs> look, we're, we're putting the card ahead of the horse. This team may still win six or seven games. I think they have a real chance to do that. I think they can win six or seven games. Um, and then there's no question that he's coming. They went six or seven games. There's zero question Dennis Allen's coming back. So let's get that even. Even I, I there's no chance that he's. But if they win four or five games, it's gonna be a lot tougher. There's gonna be a lot more pressure. There's a lot of season ticket holders that uh, are gonna be on the brink. All right, look, we are gonna do uh, predictions. We're gonna save our Ram Saints predictions. We do it every week. Duncan and I make our predictions at the end of the show. We're going to do that. Before we do that, I do want to move on and talk about a couple other things very quickly. It's 1020. I really would like this show to be done by 1030 because Dunk's got things to do. And uh, we want to get it up on the podcast platform before before it gets too late. But real quick, Uncle Big Nick tells you, I know you're going to San Francisco. He went to Santa Clara last year. LB Steakhouse is phenomenal. You have time to eat. And Jeff Duncan always has time to eat. Yeah, yeah. I've already got a couple of things lined up. So, but that's good to know. I didn't know that. Is it in San Francisco or Santa Clara? I'll have to look that up. I think it's in Santa Clara, he's saying. So, LB Steakhouse, make sure you look that up. And Gypsy asks, who's responsible for scheduling the Saints road trips? But four in the beginning of the season. Um, They play Gypsy. All right. This is obviously a conspiracy theorist trap question. The Saints play this year eight home games eight road games, and a trip to London because it was their time to go, okay? So what difference does it make? I mean, to me, I don't care if you play eight games in a row on the road or eight games in a row at home. It, it, you're going to play the same amount of home games. The schedule is set. You play X team at home. You play Y team on the road. You play X team at home. You play Y team. It doesn't matter. I mean, every, every team has – Interesting parts of the schedule. The Saints have been home now. This will be the fifth time in seven weeks the Saints are at home. So, right. I mean, you know, you could look They're at it the other struggling way. struggling at home. Exactly. So, I mean, you could look at it whatever way you want. I mean, this is the good part of the schedule, and they're not, they're three and seven. So Every every team in the league fans think that somehow the schedule. Every team. Every team. I mean, remember how the, how the NFL hated the Patriots? When they got themselves in trouble with Deflate Gate and cheated, right? And I'll, and I'll, and the cheating, looking over the at the Jets' practices or whatever the hell they were doing, and Patriots fans were saying the NFL hated the Patriots because they were cheating. I mean, it's like baseball hates the Astros. I'm sure Astros fans think that baseball hates the Astros. You cheated. I yeah. mean. Of, of course, they still won college. the World Series. Exactly, <laughs> they so. overcame. They overcame the conspiracy and still won the World Series. So. Who'd have to get over yourselves? We love you, but get over yourselves. This, the NFL doesn't hate. Let's the let's just say this: it's not not everybody, not all Saints fans are like that. So no, but a lot of them, and I, a lot of them are my friends. So I have to deal with it all the time. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's uh, again. We're going to finish the show with our predictions in about eight minutes. If you want to give your predictions, we'd love to have them here in the comment section. I will read them before. We read Duncan I's uh, predictions, but I, I didn't make a banner for LSU this week. They are playing UAB real quickly. Dunk, this is uh, another trap game. We said it yes. last week. Uh, you don't usually get two trap games back to back, but I think that's the case for LSU this week. They were three point on, uh, 
three-point favorites last week going in Arkansas. They won by exactly three, so which proves that the Lions makers knew what they were doing. Don't think LSU is going to blow this team out this week because UAB has got a good running game. And uh, after the big win and clinching that SEC West title, this could be a trouble spot. Nick Saban lost to UAB at home. Yeah, look, I think UAB's got a lot more to play for here than LSU, so that's always scary. Yeah, I think LSU wins, but uh, I think the line was 14 and a half. If I were betting that game, I would, I would, yeah, I would take those points because I think UAB will, if nothing else, backdoor cover uh, in a game like that. I, I, I think it's a dangerous spot. I agree wholeheartedly, and I think that it will be a struggle, and it wouldn't be a surprise at all if LSU won by seven points or less. I mean, it could be it could be one of those games that come down to the wire. I mean, that's how scary it's going to be. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yes. The defense will play well, um, but I, I think it's going to be a huge struggle. So don't expect – look, Aunt Mabel's going to be betting on UAB. I mean, on LSU. Don't, don't bet on LSU. If you want to bet the game for some unknown reason – that's not a game I'm going to touch in any way, shape, or form. But if you are determined to bet on the LSU-UAB game, do not bet on LSU. I'm just telling you, either don't bet or bet on UAB. I promise you. So, All right. Uh, I also want to talk about Tulane, Dunk. Uh, you know, you've been all over Tulane this year, and they have been so much fun. Um, you know, just the fact that they're able to – to get to nine wins last night, got a chance to win ten, finishing it off with Cincinnati, still alive for to get into the American Athletic Conference championship game, still alive to host that game. As a matter of fact, you got to like what Tulane did last night against SMU. Yeah, they they kind of took out their frustration on that UCF loss and the fact that they had lost seven straight games to SMU. SMU kind of owned them in the series. And, man, they, they played very well. Defense really got after SMU. I think the last time I looked, there were forced five turnovers. And, uh, yes, now they've got to go to Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati. Tough place that's, to fly. That's going to be difficult. But Cincinnati is not the Cincinnati of, of last year or year before. They're, they're definitely beatable, but it will be difficult up there. But I'm not doubting the way this Tulane team plays. They, they've got something really good going right now. they got a lot of confidence. That game certainly gave them confidence. That's going to be a hell of a game, that game next weekend. And regardless of what happens, Tulane's going to be in a pretty decent bowl, so it's quite a turnaround from where they've been. And uh, it's great to see Willie Fritz and company doing well. And, look, um, a lot of you know that uh, I've been broadcast high school sports for the past nine years and was, was the prep editor here at the Times-Picayune for quite a while. And it's great to see – a lot of the guys that I covered, Tajay Spears, uh, was fantastic at Ponchatoula. I mean, it was – I, really I knew that kid was going to be something special, and but I don't think I knew how special. And I think he's an NFL talent. Um, I think he's going to be playing on Sundays real soon. And yeah, so, I think uh, he's going to come out. Uh, he was in, took part in the senior, senior uh, day festivities. Uh, I think he's definitely going to come out for the draft. And I think he's going to be – I think he's the best running back they've had since Forte. I mean, he's really good. Yeah, I agree. And, and so it's going to be fun to watch him in the NFL. All right, uh, before we get to our predictions, and I do have a couple of the Saints comments that we'll get to when we get to the prediction part of the show, got to talk about the Pels, um, and they have turned things around a little bit. They have now won three in a row. This homestand has been good for them. They were a little shaky last Saturday against the Rockets, but then putting things together against the Celtics, not the Celtics, the Grizzlies and the Bulls, Get the Celtics at home tonight. 
12 and 3 Boston Celtics. They are playing really well, but Celtics actually have a couple injuries. I know Marcus Smart was was hurt uh, for the last game. I'm not sure if he's playing tonight or not, but uh, so the Pels without Zion Williamson, once again, I don't know why they seem to play better when Zion's not in there. Yeah, look, I think this tonight is a big measuring stick game for Willie Green and the staff. Find out where they're at. I think it's a game time decision on Zion. I, I haven't seen if he's in or out, but um, I know he's questionable. Uh, look, they've got to at some point get all those guys on the court so they can start identifying their roles, how they play together, get the rotation set. But I really like the way the bench has come on. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. has been incredible. Yes, uh, he, he has. He clearly, uh, you know, their sixth best player right now. I mean, he, when he's in the lineup, I like how they finish the games too with him on the court. Uh, we know Jose Alvarado is a spark plug. He's been incredible. And the, Trey Murphy's going to be a stud. And the development of Trey Murphy is just uh, that guy's got a huge ceiling. He really does. And, and I mean, he can be a Dyson real Daniels. NBA star. And Dyson Daniels is starting to get work into the rotation. I think he's going to be a really good player. So a lot of, a lot of reason to be optimistic about the Pels. Yeah, and uh, you know, then they get the Warriors on Monday to to finish off this long homestand. The Warriors are, I think, are starting to get a little bit healthier, so that's not going to be like the first time they played them. Uh, it'll be a little bit different before they go off to San Antonio and go back on the road. So uh, Pell's got a lot going for him right now. I still think this is going to be the team that we thought they were going to be, um, which is a, you know, a three, four, five-ish kind of seed type team, which which would be fun. And look, I mean, they don't have to win an NBA championship for us to have fun as fans and, uh, and sports writers. So that's all we're looking for, Dunk. We're just looking for progress and I think this team is certainly on the road to to make that that next big step. Yeah, I think that that win against Memphis gave them a lot of confidence because yeah, I they agree. Did it without Zion, and that game was kind of up for grabs, and then they yeah. just seized the game by the throat and really finished it off well. And, and when CJ McCollum has his shot, when he's knocking that down, which he has the last few games, they're a different team. They're much better offensively. Uh, he's been struggling a little bit to start the season, and he's found his rhythm and found his confidence, and that makes them a lot more dangerous offensively. No doubt about it. And uh, so they play tonight at the Smoothie King Center. You can't catch them tonight, uh, Monday. I know a lot of you, the kids are off of school. Perfect game, to, perfect chance to take the kids to the, to the Warriors-Pelicans game on Monday night at the Smoothie King Center. Uh, should be a lot of fun as we continue to watch the growth of the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, we're gonna finish the the show with this. Uh, the Rams and Saints are about to make our prediction. Trav, um, I think you misunderstood what I said. How can I feel confident that Saints win six or seven games the way we? Bl- I'm not confident the Saints will win six or seven games. I never said I was confident that the Saints would win six or seven games. I said they can win six or seven games. Not confident in anything. I mean, it, Saints might be the hardest team to predict. Uh, in the league right now. Although if they if they stick with Andy Dalton the rest of the year, I think they're going to win closer to five, maybe maybe even four. I mean, I think they uh, we're going to get in our prediction right now, and then I'll tell you some other things. But uh, Dunk, let's get into it. Rams Saints. Rams are again same boat as the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they have their issues. Matthew Stafford has played awful. They have zero running game. They have a decent defense, but. Uh, they can't do anything on offense, and the Saints are three-point favorites. It might be the last time the Saints are favored all year, except maybe against Carolina. I like I like the Saints. Uh, I don't know I don't know why I like them. I just I think of the lesser <laughs> of two evils here. You, you know, like I, I feel like LA has just packed it in. 
Uh, and I just feel like the Saints are going to be the more desperate team. And, and, and sometimes in the NFL, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I think they somehow managed to get 19 points and win this thing like 19 to 13 or something. Um, I'm sort of with you. Uh, I think they win, but I don't know if they cover. Um, and I agree. I, I'm kind of with you. I don't know why I like them because I, I, I think that, um, you know, again, I don't know how to stress without saying the same things that I've said over and over again. I just, I think that if, if Andy Dalton comes on and plays super poorly, I think you may see a change during the game. I know they don't want to do that, and that's that's not of the Saints' ilk. Um, so I, I think that the that there's a there's a chance that that happens. If not, then look, I don't care who plays quarterback next week. They're not beating the 49ers. So they have a tough road to hoe. This is one that they have to win. If they lose this game on Sunday, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think the Saints are going to win another game. I think they're gonna. I think it's gonna be L. If they don't win on Sunday, they're 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 done done. I mean, if you can't beat this team, and I'm I'm talking about even the Panthers. Panthers are on the schedule the last week of the season. By then, nobody's gonna care in that game. The Panthers won't care. The Saints won't care. Nobody's gonna care. And so, if you have any minuscule chance to to make something of this season, even if it's not make the playoffs or, or win this crappy division, got to win this game. Because you're not winning next week, maybe you can give yourself some kind of momentum to play against Tampa. I don't look, know. one one subplot here that's uh, you know kind of noteworthy historically. Uh, Cam Cam Jordan has a really bad eye. He got I think poked in the eye. Really, China. Yeah, he didn't practice uh, on Wednesday. I don't know if he practiced on Thursday or not. But there's a possibility he doesn't play. That's significant. He's he's missed one game in his entire career. And that was because of COVID last year. Uh, he's been on a remarkable run. This would be the first game he's ever missed because of an injury. And I know he wants to play, and he might end up playing because he's a tough dude. But uh, it, it's it's 50-50 at this point. Well, that would, that would be a shame to not see Cam Jordan out there because, uh, again, they have the Rams have no running game whatsoever. Uh, they can't run the ball at all. So, I mean, what it comes down to is – can you put enough pressure on Matthew Stafford and can you find someone to cover Allen Robinson who's been awful this year and that has been a terrible signing for them? Uh, he has not been a part of their offense whatsoever. Um, you know, Tyler Higby, or does that make anyone scared? I don't think so. So they just don't have anything on offense. And I know the the, the doubters are saying, hey, it's going to be Rams get right game. I mean, you know, you're probably the same guy who said the Saints were going to go 15 and two before the season started too. And we got one of those on Bayou Bet Show. I mean, don't be a don't be a downer if you weren't a downer in the beginning of the season. Don't you, you can't go from 15 and two to two and 15. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. Um, but hey, we were all wrong in the media so far. Maybe it'll turn out right. You know, the Saints could st- dunk. They still could go 10 and seven. I mean, we we could still be right. You know. That's true. Although I, I think I picked them to go like eleven and five. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, I, I was I was way out of line. Eleven. I, and six, I picked ten and seven, so I still have I still have a chance to be right. But for me, I have the over seven and a half wins, so I'm like super vested. I'm I'm still holding out hope, not much, but I still have a little bit of hope that they can get past that seven and a half win plateau, and I could still cash that ticket. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's got a shot. The one thing I was right about, if I'm going to beat my chest, was please this was not going to be. Some, I mean, 
fans, look, everybody does. It's not just fans. Everybody gets caught up in training camp. Everyone was going crazy that this was going to be some high-flying offense. They were way overestimating Jarvis Landry and yeah. and the receiving core. Right. People, I, I was getting into debates at camp. Listen to this, J.D., with, with other reporters saying that this was the best group of perimeter weapons in the history of the Saints. I go, you're crazy. You think this, this is better than – Darren Sproles, Jimmy Graham, right. uh, you know, nah, that no group way. in 2011, it's not even close. Even if they were healthy. Yes. No, I'm definitely, I'm talking about when they're healthy. They were not, they're not nearly, that 2011 team, this is how good they were. The running backs on that team were like Mark Ingram, Pierre Thomas, Darren Sproles, and Chris, Chris Ivory was the fourth running back. The right. guy could run for 100 yards on anybody. They were incredibly deep, incredibly talented. But, and but Drew Brees at, at the prime of his career. Right. People were were getting caught up in how good this offense was going to be, and I knew this was going to be more of a pedestrian kind of grinded out offense, get in the 20s, lean on the defense. That was going to be the formula. Yeah. And it just hasn't paid off because they've had so many injuries. Uh, it's all kind of falling apart on them. But that was going to be the formula. It wasn't going to be some, you know, we're back to the glory days of Saints offense. That was never the plan. You know, real quick before we go, you, you know what's kind of weird? If you just look, if you took the records out of here and you were like stuck in a in a cave for the past two months and you took the records off of this thing and you looked at this, the first thing I would say is, A, what the hell is wrong with the Rams? Uh, but, but B, you'd say, okay, the Saints are right about, I mean, Maybe not in rushing defense, and not certainly not in rushing offense. But if you looked and said the Saints were 13th in offense and 10th in defense, you'd say, "Oh, well, I mean, they 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 probably underachieved a little bit, but they're probably like six and four, five and five. Right. I mean, that's what the stats say they are. But, but yes, those stats are misleading. I mean, they, they really are. They made a lot of those yards and playing catch up when the opposing yeah. team is let. The, the best example of that was that Cardinals game where. Once they got down by 14 points right around halftime with those pick sixes, the Cardinals went to kind of a, a soft cover two. They right. allowed Andy Dalton to check down Charlie. They'll let you move the they'll let you move the yard, the chains in exchange for time off the clock. And then they start playing situational defense when you get to the red zone. That's how NFL teams operate. They let you get those yards between the twenties. So you build up a lot of yards and your 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 offensive ranking goes up. But the, some of the advanced statistical metrics, I think, would probably tell you a different story about their offense. Well, Dunk, it's uh, been an interesting week. Um, look, I hope we have something fun to talk about. I hope I have something fun to talk about on Mondays. I'm tired of writing scripts on Sunday nights that make me want to just cry or go to sleep or whatever. Um, I want to write a happy script, even if it's just one week. I mean, if they come, if they play well this week, it's going to be a happy script. I mean. That's how things change in the NFL. I mean, they're three and seven. They go to four and seven. Four and seven sucks, but it sure beats three and nine. So, uh, or three and eight, excuse me, because they're going to be three and nine if they lose this one because they're going to go to San Francisco and lose. But uh, hey, who knows? We'll see what happens. And hopefully next week on Datitude, on our every Friday, 9 15 a.m., we can have a little bit fun, right? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll be doing it from San Francisco next week. Looking forward to that. My maybe my favorite city in the country, next to New Orleans. And uh, if the Saints get a win, look, look things change. The Mizzlemans, uh, they need to get the swagger back. We don't see that swagger that Alvin Kamara was talking about at all right now. They definitely need to get it back. And I think they'll win on on Sunday. And and maybe it gives them a spark that they can put this thing back together. It's amazing what one win can do. 
and we'll see if they get there. We most certainly will see if they get there. Um, good show. I thought, uh, again, like I told you, I thought, you know, Jeff Duncan will talk us off the ledge. Are you off? No, of course not. You're a hoodat. Especially those nudats, man. They don't know what the hell's going on. Oh, three and seven. I don't know, three and seven. I don't, I don't stick around for three and seven. I gotta go back to feeding the pigeons. I go out to the park. Nah, I don't leave yet. All right, well, it has uh, been a fun show. Um, like I said in the open, you know, some people are just gullible. You know, it's kind of like we're talking with with Dunk. You know, if you're, please don't be one of those fans that thinks the Saint that the NFL hates the Saints. The NFL does not hate the Saints. Don't be gullible. Don't think that. Stop listening to other people. The Saints. I mean, there are thirty two NFL team fan bases who think that Roger Goodell and the NFL hates their team. Well, maybe not the Texans because they just suck. They just think that it doesn't matter. I mean, could you imagine? Could you ima- look, you've been spoiled for so long. Could you imagine being a Texans fan? Or way worse, a Lions fan. Can you imagine being a Detroit Lions fan? They haven't won anything since like 1958. That's like long before I was born. That is a long, long time ago. Can you imagine being a fan of that team? What about a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars? They had what, like, I don't know, six good seasons in their history? I don't, I don't even know. They stink. They're not getting better anytime soon. I don't care that they have Trevor Lawrence and a new coach and sometimes a good defense. They're terrible. They're not any good. They're not going to be any good. The Colts are in disarray. I mean, at least they have a decent history. And they had Peyton Manning. But they got spoiled, too. Look where they are now. So, look. Cherish the times you had. Don't be gullible. Because, you know, like all the people with Twitter. I mean, I was... Look. One of my friends texted me last night. You know who you are. Twitter's done. I mean... At the same time, Elon Musk is tweeting out, there was more action on Twitter last night than I think ever. And it was all about Twitter. And what are they talking about on the news this morning? Twitter. What does that make people do? Go to Twitter. The dude's a genius. I mean, really, you can hate him if you want. I don't care whether you hate him or not. I don't don't care one way or the other. But the dude's a genius. He's a marketing genius. Let's pretend like we fire all the staff. They all quit. And you know what? If they quit, he's got an army ready to come in and take that over anyway. Twitter's not going anywhere. Uh, It's not going anywhere. The dude just paid how many billions of dollars for Twitter? I don't care. He doesn't care. It's it's chump change to him. It'd be like you buying Twitter for a thousand bucks. I mean, a thousand bucks, yeah, it would hurt you. But I mean... If you just lost a thousand bucks, but it's not gonna kill you. That dude loses forty-five billion dollars. Eh, damn, we lost forty-five billion. Stop being gullible. Saints will be better one day. We don't know if it'll be this week, three weeks from now, next year. Who knows? 
But we're going to have fun or try to have fun as we go along the stretch because we don't care if it's the end of the world as we know it. I mean, that's what everybody thinks. Every other day I hear that. The end of the world. Not when you were a kid. Not the end of the world. REM thinks differently. That is going to do it. We're going to have some more fun. Again, I want to write a fun script on Sunday night. I do not want to write a mean-ass Derry's Dime. I'm sick of those that crap. I don't even want to talk about whether it should have been Andy Dalton or whether it should be Jameis Winston. I hope Andy Dalton goes 29 to 32 for 328 yards and four touchdowns and no interceptions, and Alvin Kamara rushes for 180 yards, and we all have fun with it. Not going to happen, but I hope we have fun with it anyway. And we hope you come back. We will see you on Monday morning. It is going to be a fun week. It's going to be a short week next week. we got Thanksgiving coming up. A little programming change. Instead of having a Thursday show, we're going to have a Wednesday show, which means i got to compact everything into what I do in four days. i got to do it in three. But it'll pay off because I get to eat a lot of turkey and whatever else on Thanksgiving Day. So enjoy your weekend. Again, stay warm. Go Tigers. We'll see if the Saints can do it too. And we'll come back and talk on it on a Monday. You going to come with me? We'll see you then. Peace and love, my friends. It's